Welcome to season two of Tell Me Something Good About Retail. I'm your host, Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doctor. You can find out more about me by going to retaildoc.com, where you'll find out I'm one of the foremost experts on brick and mortar retailing. Every week, I invite guests, vendors, and brick and mortar retailers to share their successes and their innovations to make the shopping experience fun. I believe we can change the world by those who are working in shopping and retail, so let's get to our first guest. Today's guest is Kevin Harwood, VP of Technology from Outer Voices. He talks about coming from a background in the agency world where he worked with Nike and Under Armour and how meeting Tyler Haney meant he had to go for a run. I know you'll enjoy this podcast. And welcome Kevin Harwood, VP of Technology for Outdoor Voices. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Good. So uh, tell our audience here, who are you and what do you have to do with retail? Yeah, so uh, my name is Kevin Harwood. I am the VP of technology at Outdoor Voices, and we're an activewear brand that is uh, on a mission to get the world moving. Uh, you know, our, uh, our company slogan, doing things. Uh, we believe in uh, getting people out, moving, having fun with friends, um, and just enjoying life. And we want to make uh, some great apparel to you know, encourage people to do that. Now, did I see that you guys just moved to Austin? So we moved quarters from New York City to Austin, Texas, probably, I guess it's been about 12 months now oh. uh, since we made that official. Um, and uh, most of our teams have been moving down uh, over the course of the last year. Um, and now we operate uh, essentially an entire block now over um, in East Austin. We keep expanding into more and more buildings. So uh, we're slowly uh, taking over part of the city here in East Austin. Wow. Well, so how did you get started in retail? That is a great question. So, um, so uh, in my past, uh, I worked um, at an agency and uh, ended up doing a lot of work for Nike and Under Armour um, and did uh, both some consumer facing uh, applications uh, for Nike and Under Armour, as well as some enterprise applications for the retail associates um, in those uh, brick and mortar stores. And ended up meeting Ty, who's the founder of uh, Outdoor Voices, Tyler Haney. I met her probably about two, two and a half years ago. And uh, she uh, asked me to stop working for an agency and come do this uh, for her brand. Uh, so I left uh, the agency world and uh, transitioned over to OV full time and have been running, uh, you know, the technology and engineering team for the last two years here now. Well, that is so cool. I, uh, I found, uh, listeners, I found... Kevin on a panel with Tony Drockton, who was my first podcast uh, guest about a year ago. And uh, I didn't realize that uh, Kevin was standing in front of me this last week. And I was like, wait a minute, you're the guy. Because um, you had this unbelievable promotion that you had come up with that uh, because you are an active wear brand, uh, you didn't release your catalog in a a traditional way. Can you explain how that uh, played out? Yeah, so um, uh, my background is um, in mobile technology. So I'm always looking for ways to, you know, maybe um, build a cool app or just build a cool experience for our customers. And uh, we had a running collection launch last year where we wanted to launch it in a different way, trying to make a splash with the product. The product was great, but also wanted to come up with uh, some sort of, you know, technology approach to uh, encompass the Doing Things brand. 
um, and release the product in a big splashy way. And so what we did was we created an augmented reality. Uh, we called it the trail shop. And uh, it's essentially a geofence kind of Pokemon Go type approach where you have to go to a specific part of the city. Um, and when you get there, an augmented reality store is then presented uh, to you and you can walk around, you can view the products, you can interact with them. Uh, it's a really cool experience. But we launched that in 50 cities across uh, the country um, and, you know, known active uh, places in those cities to encourage people to get out on the trail, get out to a soccer field, just go somewhere we can get out and be active. Um, and we exclusively launched the collection for 72 hours um, uh, in that experience. So it was a great way to blend technology and customer experience with the brand all in one. Well, I love the way that you guys uh, just come for a run with this. It's, that's exactly right. right. You know, we're, we're low touch. Uh, you know, we're not trying to, you know, run a marathon in record time. We're just trying to get out, be active and have fun and just kind of free uh, performance from fitness um, and, uh, you know, trying to trying to build some technology solutions to help enable that. Now, had you ever built uh, an AR uh, app before? That just sounds so, like shooting to the moon with NASA and the <laughs> Ferry Project, whatever, the Saturn, right? Yeah, and I actually have built um, some AR apps before. And in fact, uh, my, my mobile career now dates back 10 years, uh, which is all the way back to the original iPhone. And one of my very first projects was actually for the National Park Service. And we created an augmented reality uh, application where you could walk around a national park, pull your phone up, and then it would have directional markers all in front of you um, in terms of like, what are the things you're actually looking at? at the national park. So uh, we definitely dusted off some of my, my old AR uh, skills and, uh, you know, really started to push that forward. And that's really coming back over the last two years, both Apple and Android uh, are, you know, significantly invested in AR technology uh, and trying to, you know, bring that uh, forward for the consumer. Yeah. Well, I was so impressed. I downloaded the app and uh, I still have the app. And so whenever I land in uh, New York, uh, it, it, it like the first thing it does is comes up is like, hey, you're near an OV store. What That's exactly right. And I was like, damn it. Get again. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, those type experiences are pretty easy to build now with the tools that Apple um, and Google provide. Uh, you know, we're not doing any, you know, server side location tracking or anything like that. That's just built into the device and you're able to set up some geofences for local notifications when you enter some of those markets. So, uh, you know, those platforms make it easy to start to build some of those experiences. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so what's been the, so you're the technology guy. So what's been your biggest challenge in the last three years and how'd you overcome it? That is, uh, that is a great question. When I first started, um, OV was a couple of years into their journey um, uh, from when they first started. And, the tools that we had in place that we were running the business on were uh, extremely basic uh, and extremely simple. All of our operational um, uh, logistics platform uh, that we were running on just, it, it wasn't great. And so from the day I started, we immediately knew that we needed to get to something um, uh, more enterprise driven uh, for just the growth and, and where the company was going. And so I had this period of time for at least probably six months where we were having to almost, you know, firefight daily uh, the existing system and keep it together and uh, don't fall over while also planning and, you know, starting to create the integrations uh, for the systems that we were moving to um, and, you know, supporting both of those initiatives in parallel. So that was definitely a challenging time, um, uh, but we are uh, we are well past that now. We've got some great foundational 
uh, systems in place that have really allowed us to grow over the last uh, 24 months. Well, think uh, if you could just unpack that for a minute, uh, listeners, you know, that's not that uncommon that you are pushing the old system and knowing like, um, you know, something out of Star Trek, the wounded uh, <laughs> uh, enterprise has got to keep going. Cause that's we, exactly right. Right. But there's that new Excelsior that's just waiting to go. And you're like, yeah, but we can't go there. Stay patching this together. So is there any tips that you could share? I mean, how do you prioritize that? And do you just let things fall off of the first version and say, you know, it's going to get worse before it gets better to the crew? Or do you say, no, it has to keep operating or anything along the lines would be helpful? Yeah, I think that I think where we started was, uh, let's try to not let it get worse uh, before it gets better. Can we just like keep it bolted together and keep going until the, the new systems are there? But even then, um, we had to take a kind of bigger look at the business and there's, there's plenty of things that you can do from a technology perspective. There's your ERP, your commerce platform, your PIM tools, your PLM tools, uh, your POS system, you know, there's all kinds of different things out there that can, uh, you know, be upgraded or, or, or just worked on. And so we had to take kind of a holistic look at our business and say, okay, where are we going to fail first from a technology perspective? Um, and, you know, rated those systems identified the one that was without a doubt the biggest problem and that's what we focused on first and then once that was in place and up and running we went to number two on the list and now we're essentially uh you know two and a half years in we're at number five on that list uh so uh you know, we're, we're working our way down slowly but surely um uh but uh you know you definitely have to take a kind of gut check moment and say you know where are we going to fall down first let's let's focus on getting that fixed yeah, and I would think that's got to be on your website, wouldn't it be? Some on your server that's not able for the traffic? Is that typically it? or? Well, it totally depends. And actually, uh, you know, uh, our website runs off of Shopify. And Shopify has uh, fantastic infrastructure. Um, you know, they are a massive business. Um, and, you know, our business is certainly, uh, you know, not uh, a large portion of their business. They do, you know, tens of billions of dollars um, uh, a year on that platform. And so we, we really don't have... Uh, like a, a traffic problem um, uh, with Shopify. Now, uh, we're certainly one of Shopify's bigger customers, so our problems are more on just the number of SKUs we have and mm. you know how we how we manage uh, our actual product master in the system and just finding ways to to push that system in different ways. But but overall, that's not really one of our our weakest points. Our, our biggest problem when I first started was in our ERP system, um, and the, the the tools we had there were. We're just not ready um, and not capable of supporting a business of our size or, and even a business of, of the size where we were going. Um, and so uh, that, that that's the big thing that kept me up at night uh, when I first started. But since then, uh, we've definitely cleared that hurdle. So now you're sleeping. That's good to know. And that's great. Yep. Now I'm sleeping and my kids are older. It's great. I'm actually sleeping, sleeping. So uh, <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Nice. So what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Could be about anything. <sighs> you know, um, there's a, there's a there's a phrase we have here which is don't waste a good crisis, uh, which is um, you know things are going to happen uh, things are going to go sideways you're going to need to uh, pull a rabbit out of your hat sometimes and make magic happen, uh, but also don't be scared of a crisis and uh, make sure that you know when all said and done you've learned from it you've improved uh, and uh, you've set a plan in place for that not to happen again you can really have some great growth moments. Um, uh, you know, personally, and just from an infrastructure perspective during those crises, um, and embracing those, um, and, and bouncing off of them, uh, is, uh, a way to keep everything moving forward. Nice. Nice. What's one of the best, uh, or more, or maybe a most worthwhile investment 
you've ever made you personally so personally i would say um there was this moment i guess it was probably 11 or 12 years ago now where um i was an engineer for a company here in town um the iphone had actually just been released uh by apple and i was all about it i i was so ex- i was so stoked i was so excited about it um you know i was spending my nights and weekends just pouring into what's possible with it and just learning how to program for it and and really just thinking about it nonstop and just investing all of my personal time and trying to be an expert um, on that platform. And the company I was working for didn't really share my vision uh, that uh, the iPhone and mobile in general was gonna be a big thing. Uh, this was still back when everyone thought the iPhone was too expensive, normal people wouldn't have it, there's, there's no physical keyboard. Uh, you know, an edge connection phone is too slow, like every, every excuse in the book for why this was never gonna be a big thing. Um, but I just, I just felt differently and just continued to invest my time in becoming an expert on that platform. Uh, and shortly after, uh, you know, maybe a year after the iPhone came out, I actually decided to leave my job and go work for a small agency that was just starting to do mobile consulting. And, uh, you know, the choice I made there to invest my time really put me in the right time at the right spot, at the right technology, at the right platform to just, uh, you know, really get an opportunity to work with some of the biggest companies in the world um on their mobile strategy um and that just you know slung shot me uh to where i'm at today so making that decision to just you know pour all my personal time into those projects uh really paid off dividends over the course of my entire career nice so how did you how did you get your civil to soothsayer moment there man because um i was the first adopter of an iphone too and i of course got the 10 and you know money's no object so just keep throwing it at this damn instrument but um (laughs) What was it that you saw? I mean, did you see that this what, that the game changer really became that we held it in our our hand instead of having to go physically to a, a laptop or something? Yeah, even that. And I, I like to tell the story. So my degree, it's even it's even crazy. My degree was in wireless software engineering, which is like an extremely like niche uh, uh, degree. And this was back in two thousand three, two thousand four, um, uh, you know, early two thousands and. I was doing things like working on BlackBerry and Palm uh, mm-hmm. and J2ME. And, you know, I was always excited about mobile technology, but none of those were ever like really mainstream. Those were all enterprise, uh, you know, business people would use it to check their email. Um, you know, they, they really hadn't crossed over into the customer segment yet. And then when Jobs unveiled the iPhone, it was just a light bulb. Like, this is obviously the future. Like, this is where it's going to be. And just the fact that I already spent a lot of time in that industry and just seeing just how customer focused uh, that iPhone was, it was, I mean, it was a no brainer from literally the second he pulled it out of his pocket from my perspective. Wow. So okay. uh, I had just, I had just been positioned at these right moments along the way uh, to, to see that coming. Yeah. Well, your background there in mobile, um, you know, you've, <laughs> you've alluded to like, you know, back when, uh, before mobile, and it's kind of like, what was that, the dark ages when we were watching <laughs> black and white movies? I mean, uh, exactly. Hell? Um, but you know, how has the way that you've thought about retail changed in the, in the past few years? I mean, certainly the technology has changed. What do you think is, you know, where are we going or, or what do you think the changes have become? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, and mobile is, is such an important part of that. Um, you've got brands that are, you know, making mobile commerce, uh, experiences for, you know, all of their, our commerce channels and, you know, I sometimes really struggle uh, if the if the question is just, hey, I'm going to make a mobile shopping app that's like my mobile website. 
I don't think there's a lot of value necessarily for the customer to, uh, you know, download that app and actually spend the time uh, keeping that on their phone. And so you've really got to, you know, carve out a strategy for what other value are you going to provide to the customer besides just shopping. Um, and, uh, you know, my time at Under Armour, we spent a lot of time really thinking about personalization. Uh, we're doing that here at Ovi as well. And then we're also thinking about just the doing things community in general. How can we, how can we you know, leverage uh, the fact that we're right there in somebody's pocket to encourage them to get out and be active um, and uh, you know, just live life and enjoy it? So um, you've got to be more than just, you've got to think more than just selling. You've got to actually think about the overall community and, and, and customer experience that they're having with your brand. Um, and it's got to be an actual value proposition. It can't be just you know, a transactional uh, relationship. Um, and that's uh, you know, the type of strategy that I'm really excited about. Yeah, well, that's the that's a good point, too, because just a few years ago, it was about we were going to build an app, right? They just build an app and they'll all download yep. it. And then everyone's like, I don't need any more apps. <laughs> You're exactly right. Me, right. You've really got to you've got to crack the value nut. And that's a hard thing to actually understand. Um, how am I going to provide value to this customer outside of just giving them, you know, something great to wear? Uh, yeah. So uh, it's you know, and it's different per brand. Um, and I think luckily at OV, we've got a really strong overall brand mission that uh, translates that really nicely and something like trail shop just makes sense um in terms of uh you know encouraging activity it's funny when i uh, was reading uh, about uh outer voices when i got home when i first met you and i uh, was reading about the the move and everything and then i got a follow-up about how when you moved to austin the ceo was like once you're all moved in okay let's go for a run and that's said, exactly how many other brands do that <laughs> Literally, my first day at OV, um, we had like an executive on site, and the following morning at 6 a.m., we were, we were all expected to meet up for a quick jog around uh, the park here in Austin. Uh, so uh, it was uh, it definitely jumped right into the deep end from a brand perspective right from my first day. Yeah, and that's not exactly the way we think of most of the technology guys uh, <laughs> uh, embracing, I don't think. I held my own. Yeah, I don't think I fin I, I didn't finish last. Uh, so uh, that's what I was shooting for. You, you didn't embarrass yourself. That's always <laughs> exactly. a good thing. Yep. Uh, well, I know we're coming to the end of our time here. Uh, when you feel overwhelmed or something, or maybe you lost your focus, because I imagine you are so deep into the weeds of all of this. Um, what do you do to kind of bring back? I mean, and don't just say you go for a run because of OB. But I mean, what do you do that because it's such minutia you're working into, right? And you're you're so analytical in looking at this goes to here and, and looking at cause and effect. But at some point, you have to just pull out of that, I would think. Yeah, and, you know, luckily, uh, we've built a really strong team here at OV. And uh, I've got um, some really solid, uh, you know, technical engineers on my team that allow me to uh, delegate and get into the problem deeply with them and get them moving. And then I can hop out um, and get on to the next problem. Um, and so uh, mm. like building a strong team, having confidence um, in that team. Um, and then also uh, I think I saw, I saw this recently, like hire, hire smart people. Don't tell them what to do. That's why you hired them. And they're, cause they're smart. Um, and uh, just relying on just solid people on your team to get the job done uh, has really prevented me from, uh, I think, getting stuck in some of those ruts. Great point. Uh, and, uh, you know, just, just I can't stress enough uh, the value of having a, a great tight knit team right around you. Couldn't say it better. And uh, tell me something good about retail since that's the name of my podcast. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's, uh, I was thinking about this. Um, retail has like just ingrained so deeply into 
just everyday consumer life now. You think about obviously Amazon and how uh, easy it is to get anything you want um, uh, within uh, you know two days or you know sometimes even the same day now in some markets. And they've really set the bar for all the other retail companies out there. And we're chasing them. You know, we're expected to be able to match the same level of convenience, the same level of like omni-channel. It doesn't matter where, where it's coming from. It's going to get to them. Just uh, like how, e- how easy retail has made it to be a consumer in, in, in today's uh, age, uh, I think uh, doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, but no one could live without it. Um, and it's, uh, you know, really just over the last decade has completely transformed um, how consumers expect to obtain things now. Um, yeah. I think that, I think it's been a positive overall yeah. in terms of ease of convenience uh, in your life. Excellent. Well, I really like that. Well, how can they find out more about uh, OV? And uh, we should be saying it's outdoor voices just because That's right. using this lingo. I don't want the, anyone to miss it. But how would they find out more about your brand? Yeah, so uh, obviously OutdoorVoices.com um, is our website. We've also got nine stores now, I think, uh, out of last count. We're in Austin, Dallas, New York, L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, Boston, uh, D.C., and Nashville. And uh, at least, uh, you know, probably eight to nine more stores coming later this year. So we're rapidly growing our retail footprint as well. Perfect. And um, uh, I was going to ask if they downloaded the, your app, is there any of the virtual reality still turned on or is that only if the product launches? So we don't have anything turned on at the moment, uh, but uh, definitely stay tuned. We have more product launches planned this year and, and other things that we're planning on that front. So uh, more to come. Cool. Well, that's very fun. We've been gracious with your time today, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, man. All right. Talk soon. Bye. That brings us to the close of another episode of Tell Me Something Good About Retail. I'm Bob Vibbs, your host, known as The Retail Doctor, based in the United States. Tune in next week when we have another set of movers, shakers, influencers, vendors, and -and brick-and-mortar retailers, all there to make you a smarter retailer.